Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. drive and have made it to season four <laughs> which turns out to be a continuation of season three yeah mm-hmm. in this beginning bit gotta resolve that cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> do you think that the borg ever have audio or vision or video issues considering they're all one collective but they all kind of talk mm. at the same time i'm sure i mean trying to assimilate all of the the different technologies from different cultures something has to go wrong at some point uh, uh, you're muted, Queen. Queen, you're muted. <laughs> Has to be a nightmare. I mean, I can't imagine. It's got to be so tough trying to be the mixer for all of the Borg. Yeah. They do have a DJ in their ship in the basement that's trying to, like, you know, make sure everybody's equal volume so no Borg thinks they're better than any other Borg because obviously they have no individual identity. Right. Well, they also Absolutely. chose that four-dimensional or three-dimensional, I guess, view screen, which just is revolving cube. It has to be cube, cube. Right, yeah. Everything must be a cube. <laughs> it seems like they're trying way too hard to make all cube things work. Like they're drinking out of a cube coffee cup and it's spilling out the sides. Not everything can be a cube. Relaxing with cube cigars. (laughs) This disagreement. That's right. It's the best of both worlds, part two. (laughs) A cliffhanger that many people had to wait. What I was reading online was it was actually only three months. I thought it was going to be like a year, like we have to wait nowadays. Yeah. But I think they stretched the season out so long because it was like, what is it, 25 episodes or something like that it was? So like... I wonder how long their filming was. Like, do they do it on a month on, like three months off type of thing? I think they do it all in one big burst. They do the whole season over several months, I'm sure. I think it's one episode a week. Probably. And if they've got 24 episodes, that's a certain number of weeks. <laughs> 24. Hey, there's sure the math. Is. I saw the calculating work. <laughs> Checks <there>. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, that's a certain number of months, which uh. is six. <laughs> no way. Look out, we've no got way. data on our podcast now. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true. What's six times four? Is it 24. Yes. He did it. <laughs> Well, there was 26 episodes, regardless of how long it took to film them. Like season three happened and like it debuted or like the 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 end of season three happened in June of 1990. And then this premiered wow. in September of 1990. So it was like a summer break, not unlike what we took. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I this is my thesis when it was going into this is that I think that there was a lot of like fan, um, not outcry, but uh, it resonated with the fans and response to what they wanted to see in the future of, is uh, Patrick Stewart off the show? Is Riker the new captain? Are the Borg the main enemies? Like, are they dead? Did he fire? Is Shelly our first officer? Yeah. Exactly. Like all of these questions that they proposed for this cliffhanger, I think that a lot of fans went into with a lot of expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think they really played them like a fiddle in like, we're going to make all of those true. And here we go. Yep, yep. You're right. There was actually a, a lot of rumors about that uh, from Memory Alpha. There was a bunch- Hold on, hold on. I think we need to try something before we really get into it here, uh-huh. which is, hello, this is a podcast called To Boldly Watch, where Whoa. we rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation and talk to you about it. Weird. I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. I'm your other host, Jake Michaels. And I am also here, Xander Genere. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! First and only time we've ever done that, but I think it worked. I'm really hoping someone's been four seasons deep into our podcast before realizing (laughs) it was a podcast. Like, wait a second, this is what a podcast is? I never start with the first episode of anything. Absolutely not. (laughs) Most recent only for me. Yes, if you've somehow punched a number of combinations into your phone to (laughs) resulted being here, now you know you are listening to a podcast. The rumors about this episode and, well, the episode prior to, uh, were swirling all amongst uh, the Star Trek nerds around this time. That Shelby would be a regular character was definitely one of them. Right. 
And uh, there was actually a fake script produced by somebody. Oh, sure. And that got out there that people thought was real, where it turns out that in the second part, Q Q was responsible for uh, letting Picard be assimilated into the Borg and that it was like a Q prank, which definitely feels like a dumb deus ex machina weird yeah, resolution, yeah, yeah. right? So, deus ex machina? Mm, something's mm, there. Mm, oh, yeah, I think that works. Yeah, mm, mm, and I'm so in. that definitely was seemed false. So they, they were trying to keep the, the scripts locked down, and so one way that Paramount did security for the scripts was instead of numbering the scripts obviously, they did it in a hidden line, which is one of the Jupiter stations that gets mentioned when the Borg first enter the... Uh, Elf solar system, they changed the number on every script. Cool. And so they knew who had what script with the number. So it wasn't Wolf 359? It was Jupiter Station blank every time, oh. but the number was always different. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was also like the baby age of the internet being accessible to the public, too, of people being able to find out this sort of information and leaking things from studios or their jobs or spouses accidentally or whatever yeah which i still maintain is a mistake the internet the internet oh well, yeah okay that's watch right Watch out, they're gonna pull the plug right here ah! if you haven't seen becca's ted talk on why the internet was a mistake i will link it in the description yes great actually um to do yeah 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 let me write that one down well, and on pen it. and paper as god intended yeah, oh, and, god. Well, and by link it i mean there's no hyperlink it's an address where you mail in for a vhs tape because she wouldn't want it put on the internet i would that's the highest level of technology i accept that's i did talk. that as a kid a lot I was What's part of like the Power Rangers fan club and they would mail me a VHS. Really? Yeah. That is so predictable of you, Xander. <laughs> oh. I'm sure Star Trek actually had something like that too. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. There was some subscription well, service there was definitely, that made money somewhere. There was a fan uh, magazine that, uh, didn't Mark uh, Street run that? Ooh. Becca? Sorry, a TED Talk on why internet bad <laughs> yeah. idea. Spend I your focus on that bit right now. Make sure <laughs> no, that all the other bit. work that we're going to do, divert it to this. Work? Come on. <laughs> Jordy, divert all power to the bad idea. <laughs> done and done. Speaking of Jordy diverting power, what happens in this episode? <laughs> well, we start off with that dramatic cliffhanger, right? Where Riker tells Worf to fire. That was a great recap, too. It was a good recap. And also, I wrote this in my notes. I never noticed the, we've engaged the Borg before until the recap. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like every flawless execution of our outro of this podcast yeah 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 flawless, yeah the uh yeah the recap i thought did a great job of summarizing all the key plot points that we would not only need to know for this episode but also just the context of what we were going into with shelby and picard and Riker. yeah um so we start off with that and it turns out the whole big powerful shot we were hoping to take <laughs> is ineffective Fire. Oh, they do, but the, here's the thing. Fan theory number one, Riker's going to fire on the Borg cube. Complete. Ding. He does. Does it work? No. But he did fire <laughs> on it. <laughs> I mean, Michael Pillar and the writers, I think, really struggled with their cliffhanger. I think Michael Pillar didn't expect to be brought back for the fourth season, so he wrote a cliffhanger he didn't feel he had to figure out, and then he came back and being like, okay, Great. I got to figure this out. <laughs> Genius. That's how you do. That's DMing right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is. That's a very good. It's a very good comparison because for all those listeners that don't oh, know, that means dungeon mastering. I'm talking to you, mom. It's <laughs> conflating my audiences there for a second. There's a lot of crossover. Becca, yeah. I'm sure both you and Xander have done this before in DMing, where you get yourself into quite a cliffhanger that you don't know how to get out until the next session. Sometimes the players give me the answers through their speculation. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best way. Yeah. More often, I'm the player speculating. Um, yeah. No, I <laughs> do too. things by the book. Mm-hmm. Nice. And if I don't like my cliffhanger, I never return to that season or episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to do it. Safe, safe. Those texts go unanswered if we're going to play again. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the deflector dish shot doesn't work. And of course, it doesn't work <sighs> because Picard knew about it. And not Ooh, only knows does everything. everything Picard knows, the Borg knows. And then he drops the word number one. Ugh. The note I put down here was Locutus is scary. 
This is like, remember, this is the same show that like bumps around. Oh, nanites, wonky robot antics. And like, this is terrifying television. Yeah. And it's also like one of our heroes, like looking gaunt and uh, emotionless and threatening our destruction. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, it's the only way you can accept a complete 180 role reversal of the hero you love. I'm looking at you, creators of of the Game of Thrones series. We can't. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I'm you were say- still <laughs> upset. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to you, uh, "I'm looking at you, Admiral Hansen, or whatever your name is, who really oh, couldn't yeah. accept it." Actually, you make a great I point. I was thinking uh, DB Weiss and David. Mm. I want to say Boreans, but that's actually <laughs> that's Angel. Angel. <laughs> I'm dropping a lot of. I names. really hope um, David Boreans was in the writing room at all those. Issues. I hope he listens to this podcast. I know he is huge. David Boreans, this one. is a podcast. Just, hold on, I have a message, <laughs> David Boreans. I think my husband would understand. If, <laughs> wait, um, wait, I'm you getting also in on this. wanted to marry me. <laughs> So would you marry me, David Boreanaz? Well, it wasn't even me. a romantic offer. It was actual marriage. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> It'll be romantic, but more like a familial. Mm-hmm. You're just in. I just wake, <laughs> I wake up in the bed with two Davids under, around on my arms. Every and time. I'm Scott also here, Xander Genre. I just do a podcast episode <laughs> intro every time I pop up out of the bed. <laughs> Anyway, David, I'll send you a link in the description for that email. <laughs> for the Dear Lord. So, the Admiral Hansen. Yeah, in denial. It's a beautiful scene. I want to talk about the scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, there is this scene where they're like, wow, we tried to fire. We got away. We did everything we could. Starfleet, what's next? And Starfleet's like, we're sending a bunch of ships. Stand off for now. You know, repair your in- all your, you know, fiddly bits of your ship. And then we'll see you mm-hmm. back in the fray. And Shelby says, well, what are we supposed to do? They know everything Picard knows because Picard assisted them. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, mm-hmm. shut it down. Let me tell you a little story. A story about a boy. Huh? And that boy, he was a loyal boy. He ran a, a marathon. I don't know if it was in a ship or on foot. It's not specified, but he ran this marathon and he was so good. And I needed to know who that little boy was. And that little boy was Picard. So don't <gasps> you ever say He's a casualty. He's a casualty. He did not assist them. And it was a great speech. That was word for word, that speech. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm coming for myself. Fan theory number next. I'm not keeping track of him. Picard is dead. Check. Someone says it. It's canon. Yeah. True. He's regarded, what, as a casualty of war? Is that what Mm -hmm. they say? Mm -hmm. Because then Riker becomes the captain. He can become dead and then become not dead again. He can get better. And, And still check that box of actually dying. We're out to check all of them. (laughs) Don't you think Hanson's being a little obtuse right now? Because you guys are fighting the one enemy that can force him to assimilate because they just do it without your will being a part of it, you know? The Romulans can torture him all they want. They're not going to get anything out of him. But this is completely different. They take over his mind. It's an argument of terminology. Mm. And he won. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like in an emergency situation, trying to get a ship together that had lost their captain, type of thing. He's yeah, just like, yeah, it's a morale. This boost, needs to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like this whole episode. All of my notes are basically like someone experienced with the Borg yelling at this crew who has no idea what they're doing. Of like, no, or please, just blow it up. Just <laughs> what are you doing? Like constantly. <laughs> That's a legitimate thing to do if they mm-hmm. only knew how. Yeah. Now here's the question I had right before we. Find out the answer. Is Picard still in there? Obviously, uh-huh. is the big question. You know, is we know he's not dead in the series. The original viewers didn't, but is right. he playing along? Is this yeah. a bit, or is he not himself entirely? But we hope he can come back. So many questions, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of a little bit not even really answered, but mentioned with a single tear. Yeah, right, he's right. still in there. Picard is on the table, and the Borgs are, I don't know, adding more Borgifications, <laughs> fortifying their Attaching more satellites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and one more antenna, and they put yeah. this real long needle in his head with a glowy light bulb on the tip, and that's what when we see the single tear. Yeah. Or he's just a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> Even Good as conclusion. a Borg. 
Yeah. I, uh, I what a I, when, when I saw the beginning of that scene, I was like, ah, oh, man, why are they showing us this? I don't want to. I don't want to see this because I kind of want it to remain mysterious of what happened to him, kind of how it did in the first episode where we did. Yeah. He just disappeared and then we didn't see him until the reveal, right? But like showing a monster in the horror movie, right? Right. We see. We do see that him talking to the Borgen for a brief minute mm. before he's assimilated. But like then I realized how wrong I was because of the tear. It's so important mm. that you they let the viewer but not the crew know that yeah he's still there but in what capacity right yeah you have the inside knowledge as the audience member Mm -hmm. so it's very smart of them to do that yeah it's even scarier because a lot of what's scary about being assimilated or like being turned into a werewolf or whatever from lore is the thought that that could happen to you and it's that thing of being buried alive of you're screaming internally and no one can hear you and i think that's why that tear is very powerful You just awakened some new fears in me. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great Stephen King short story. Highly recommend. I don't know the name of it. (laughs) There's somebody on an autopsy table, but they're alive, but they know where they are. No. Awful. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, that's what That's that's kind of what's happening to him as he's getting all these modifications made to him. So. Well, hopefully if he wakes up, he won't remember any of it. (laughs) Well, we'll see. So uh, what happens next? The Enterprise is furiously making repairs. Like we sort of get the patchwork through of we see what it would be like if Riker is captain and Shelby first officer and before it becomes official. Um, But we check off that fan theory. Boop. This is what the crew would look like without Picard in charge. And let's talk about the scene between Shelby and Riker because she confronts him. Um he gives Shelby a compliment saying you Take were the job. one in, in uh, just reminding everybody of that thing in last episode and in the <laughs> recap where she came up with the idea of scrambling the signals that they're throwing out so the board can't uh, figure out what they're doing and um they had this really thick tension previously mm. and he says as captain I want you to keep that I appreciate that that keeps me on my toes yeah. which is really nice because if you hate somebody and they're like, you know what? You know all those horrible feelings you have at me? Keep doing them. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks for not trying to make me change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, I would constantly forget, oh, yeah, Shelby's a Borg expert. Like, not only is she a competent first officer, she's like the only human that knows this much about the Borg. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, she'll just spit out a factoid or two. Yeah, which is still very little. Yeah, right. We also spent so much of episode one butting heads with her, and it was just Mm. a lot, and we don't need to do that anymore. And so I love that it happened really at the top of the episode, too. We got this nice Mm. resolution. And it wasn't a resolution of kindness. It was a resolution of understanding. And so it's like, yeah, this is your role, and this is the role I played. And honestly, you're doing it better than I did. Because he even says, he says, you probably know more than I did when I first came on board. Yeah, and that's a compliment to her regarding when he was uh, in episode one at Far uh, Escape. It no uh, encounter encounter at Farpoint. Far but uh, it also gives a nod to the audience member who has been following along since season one, because again, this is the era before the internet. If you got that journey with Riker, you've been watching along or reruns or whatever with the community, and so that was the reward yeah. to them for following along. Yeah, but we don't miss a chance to tell a woman she's too ambitious because Shelby (laughs) says hold on hold on really sounds like you're considering me a first officer in the way you're speaking to me which is totally right on yeah and he's like, slow down, lady. Not so right. fast. I'll think about it. That's what she sh- <laughs> That's what she was gunning for in episode one. He shouldn't be surprised. And absolutely. Yeah, she should go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, in our meeting for inspiration immediately after gathering everybody, Riker really softens the blow. He says, I love all of you. Everybody's <laughs> great. You'd all make a great first officer. It's just Picard wouldn't want me to change your position at this time because he put you in your current position. And so that's I just that's want to respect Picard. his wishes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to be talking a lot about Picard anytime. I got to, you know, punish anybody. It's going to be because Picard would have said. So if you find yourself upset with me, just think, this is really Picard's doing. In (laughs) fact, I've made stretchy bracelets for each of you from the replicator. What would Picard do? Uh, Just as a reminder. That's on one side. On the inside, it says, not Riker's fault, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And my first act as captain is done. I'm going to take a nap. Sir, the Borg 
right. yes. Oh, right. right. Also, uh, Shelby, who everyone dislikes, you are first officer. <laughs> he says, you all know why. Yeah, you and all she know. is the Borg expert. So, and if they're all going to die tomorrow, what does it matter? <laughs> well, then we get a really great scene because it's going to be great because Guinan's involved, right? Before that, or after that scene, and Riker falls asleep at the conference table and then sits up and goes, did Picard and Guinan do it? And then we get oh, this yeah. scene. <laughs> so he goes into the uh, what's it, the ready room is what it's called. And he stares mm-hmm. at the chair and says, what would you do? And the chair, of course, doesn't respond. But Whoopi comes in and immediately says, can I talk to you? He's like, well. She's well. Like, and goes, she goes right into it. Yeah. And she mentions that. Perfect. What did she say? When either of us needed help, we would talk to each other. Yeah. I love that she didn't mention he, she's just a counsel for him. It's also vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to having the captain's ear. What a great line. Like, well, Picard let me do this. So you need to? Mm-hmm. Based on my stretchy bracelet. <laughs> uh, yeah. This whole exchange was just so smooth. And it was like, it was manipulation, but in a way that just like kind of got to the point. She's like, I could spend my time teaching you this lesson that my advice is valuable and you should listen to me, but we're going to skip past that because yeah. we're in a situation. Yeah, I know there's limited <laughs> You'll time. You'll see when this wisdom comes out. Just yeah. hold on. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> you might want to sit down for this. There can only be, there can only be one captain. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing people talking. They all think they're going to die tomorrow. When a man thinks he's going to die... He finds a way of making that happen. So you better fix your shit, Riker. Get it together, man. Get it together. Yeah, you can't do your best. Which is great advice. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. have to exceed it. This goes back to that no-win scenario, right? It's the expectation of failure that will cause failure. This is why she's basically telling Riker the secret and telling Mm -hmm. him to manifest his own success. And she's right. She's right. And then she ran around the ship with scissors, cutting all the bracelets off of the... Don't crew. run with Freedom. scissors, Guinan. Don't run. She can, though. She I'm knows. an oracle. I can do what I want. <laughs> uh, pretty quickly, he doesn't even really get a chance to like think about that for more than a second before... Doesn't the ship enter the wolf system right then? Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And, we and we see the debris combat. of the fleet. We don't even get combat. We get the oh, remnants, right? right? We, yeah, find, yeah. we find the Federation fleet is in shambles and all gone. Uh, pretty dramatic Powerful move for Shelby to name all the ship's remnants that they're seeing. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. To not say, oh, my God, they're all gone. To just say, like, in memoriam. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's wild, too, is that uh, in Star Trek Adventures, our first campaign, uh, we had a character played by Sam DeLev whose like whole backstory was centered on like the disaster at Wolf 359. And oh. so to hear it like reference now in canon, I was like, oh, it's it's a cool little like nod to a tabletop game, too. So That's incorporate awesome. canon stuff into your game and it can make yeah. things more enjoyable. When we get to the wolf system, we have those dramatic shots of the debris and everybody kind of looking and seeing that the whole fleet was in shambles. And then they mention whatever ship the Admiral was on. Was it the Melbourne or something? We get this super close yeah. up of Riker. And this is the first time in like the HD era that I've not noticed the makeup. It was great. The lighting, the camera angles, everything was up a notch. They really nailed it. And I usually, even in modern shows, I see the foundation, or I definitely see eyeliner on people, and I didn't see any of that on him. And I know we've had that problem in previous episodes with people, but like this was great. Worf was I think a you're speaking too sometimes. soon. Yeah. You're speaking too soon before we see uh, well, uh, I mean, the Borg makeup. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Borg yeah. Makeup it's the wrong po- lighting. I want to give them props where they get it right. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, TV yeah. production, and they're not going to get it flawlessly and there was the assumption of the blur from the broadcast onto the definition standard definition there actually is a shot somewhere in here i'll try and remember where it is where it wasn't retouched i don't know if you guys had that on your version Uh, it was one of the shots of the battle bridge it's like a two second shot of Riker. yeah does it change aspect ratio or something maybe it might yeah um but you notice it and you're like oh that's what it looked like on tv yeah (laughs) i'm so glad i can see this on streaming though Somebody <laughs> needs to lose their job. How did oh. I miss retouching just one? I think they might have seen. L- l- lost. Which, the this footage. happened a few times previously. I think they don't. They didn't have the footage. Yeah, and they like, or they don't have the original footage. So they had to use broadcast footage that was recaptured in some way. Oh, yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, I think at this point in the episode, what we need is a plan. Mm. Yeah, it seems pretty hopeless. 
So that's why we'll talk about the plan, but cut the camera away so the viewer can't figure out what it is. Dun, dun, dun. I love those, right? Riker pops in and says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to prepare to separate that saucer section, which we love to talk about. It's Wait, very whoa, whoa, whoa. Picard knew that we were going to do that. And that's Picard as a Borg. If we separate, he knows that we're going to do that. Shelby, so glad you set me up to look smart because <laughs> I know. And the knowledge that he has is the knowledge that we have that we know he knows. And that's what we're going to know. I've been defeated by Riker. <laughs> oh, no, she's <laughs> melting. <laughs> she's <laughs> melting. I'm on your side now. <laughs> so creepy Locutus and Riker have a chat over intercoms. Locutus has had a lot of cosmetic upgrades since we last saw him, and I love this choice. Right? He like mm. he's getting further and deeper into the into the collective. It's like earning your badges on your military <laughs> coat. You know, you get more Borg implements. Yeah. If we can't see a single bit of human flesh, you're top of the creme to the creme. There's like a beeper in a Tamagotchi in like the height of 90s technology. A Tamagotchi. <laughs> the pet is also part of the collective. Yeah. We all must care oh, for Oh man, this. it zooms in and it's like, you will assimilate. It's just a little cat with an eye laser. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Locutus. Oh, it poops. <laughs> um, but also I wanted, I commented too, you took Wesley for piloting the battle bridge? Uh, the ch you're letting the child okay <laughs> i was like this whole episode was a lot to ask of wesley yeah, on multiple oh my occasions gosh. the collision course order was intense yeah. yeah we'll get there wait hold on this is plan one i've got plans plan riker's plan new plan new new plan a new 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 plan <laughs> yeah. you're talking about new new plan sure yeah yeah that's way forward but true, true. wesley is i think the pilot on the battle bridge for this one mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. pretty intense for a teenager yeah then again who better to think that they're they're infinite and could jump off of any building and survive so it's probably for the best that we can never die. Yeah. <laughs> so the conversation with Locutus and Riker is all about Riker. I don't know if Riker was actually trying to convince Locutus of anything, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. use the tactic of if you Stretch are using all the information inside Picard's brain against us, then you will have the information that he implicitly trusted me and knows I'm a trustworthy person. This is also, you know, they haven't encountered this species before, right? Riker is testing the boundaries. Where do they take, like, where is their logic from switching to only using Picard's instincts to the, oh, they are thinking for themselves. They're utilizing him like a library type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good test. Yeah. And, and that library has uh, infinite records of Riker and Picard together <sighs> saying one it's thing like and montage. meaning completely another. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you definitely tricked everybody. So not going to fall for it. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely like break some of the rules about the Borg, too, of just them having this spokesperson who does have like some type of singular voice sometimes, too, because we do hear him later talk about himself in the first person. But maybe that's the Picardism in there, right? Well, also, I believe Becca made this point for when we did the last episode that it really stuck with me when I was watching this through is that they wanted to create an icon that uh, the humanity could relate to. Right. So that's why this one Borg has a name and it's like explaining the situation to humans so it'll make it an easier process of assimilation. Right. We just never get them delving into that in this at all no this it kind of it never does up. it's yeah. a fan canon yeah. <laughs> it's like a therapy puppet oh you don't We're, do therapy with the puppet uh well a <laughs> no but also your analogies i just never see coming i love how no. they're <laughs> sail out of the field and hit me right on the noggin yeah it's not even left C. field it's a different sport <laughs> all right a to q <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's all it's all to get exactly like their frequencies and to see what's going on in terms of the communications, right? So mm. we is this point we separate or are we already separate? They have. It's yeah. time to separate. It's time, yeah. it's time to separate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is the, are you breaking up with me? Now here's <laughs> the thing that I could use some clarification on because mm -hmm. 
the saucer section is where the vulnerable population is and then there's the battle bridge and yeah. that's the one that engages in battle and their whole plan is like fire a bunch and as expected they'd use the knowledge Picard has to not fire on the saucer section yes because they're innocent and vulnerable why didn't because they immediately suck up the saucer and assimilate those people because they were not the threat. That's what he was counting on, on like uh, that he was like bluffing in a sense that the Battle Bridge version of the Enterprise would be the threat that they need to keep paying attention to um, because the saucer was the distraction that they would go and assimilate. But it's like that double blind. Picard would know that's there. They don't have the weapon systems. They don't have the defenses that the Battle Bridge does. We need to pay attention to this and definitely not a tiny shuttle. Never a tiny shuttle, one that shuts off its power just as it glides into our electro zone. Well, also, yeah. like, they threw antimatter, which I had never heard them use, like, just spraying it on the shields. I'm not sure exactly what that was about. Yeah, That's well, to dilute it, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it, to, to dissect the techno babble, like, we have the warp core doing the matter antimatter reaction. So, right. if you leaked one out one. antimatter, one to one, that's the ratio. Okay. Uh, apparently, it would affect their systems. I think they were under the assumption they were just throwing everything at it because they hadn't modified their defenses for all of these different frequencies or attacks yet. What I assumed was like it let them go through the, it let the, the shuttle physically go through the shields, which isn't necessarily possible, right? Because once they sure. were inside their shields, then they could beam from within, right? Yeah, they said that because they were inside the beaming, or the, the apparatus had enough power to beam them. So yeah. that was the issue, is their beam wasn't powerful enough? <laughs> it worked. It was the it Mission works. Impossible scene, right? It's the, it's the heist, the heist, uh, the treasure being Picard, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And I just put together um, something that I missed before, which is the shuttle, which we haven't mentioned yet, contained right. Worf and Data. Yes. It must have come from the separated saucer section, which yes. made it even sneakier. Mm-hmm, because it moved okay. it around to the backside of the cube. Yeah, and you also see they show that because when Data and Worf are in the shuttle and it takes off from the shuttle bay, you see out the the side. This is actually a really brilliant shot. You mm. see out the window, uh, the the shuttle bay, then space, yeah. then the battle uh, half of the, in the Enterprise in the distance. Yeah, which is great. This, that whole sequence was great. I wrote down like this is one of the one instances we saw multi ship combat. Uh, where we could go teleport into each of the different bridges and see how the they were being affected. Uh, and we saw that sort of like Disneyland ride effect with the set with a green screen in the window for Worf and Data, and it was really effective. Yeah. I, well, I think they also saved on budget because all the stuff that they were using was from the last episode, like, yeah, yeah. except for the Battle Bridge, which is just they've always have. So, Do you know, did they shoot this in the first season or the the previous seasons like lineup? the hiatus was the same for the casting crew oh, okay. actually probably a little bit longer they uh in fact there's still like hair in continuity there is there they were very diligent there is lighting changes if you're really to look but for sure. for the people that would be looking at the characters there are some slight hair changes to like uh. Worf and i think Riker too maybe also sure. crusher but beyond that no it like picks up in the story, they do a really good job of making it feel it really picks right up right where it left off. But it was yeah. yeah I mean, fun. if you told me they shot it all in one batch, I'd believe you. Right. Um, but it is a real hero moment when they transport aboard the ship and then they just start shooting some Borg with their phasers. Yep. And you cheer. Then they Worf and Picard do an awkward arm dual arm wrestling. Yeah. Listen, here's Star how you Trek fight: you grab grapple. people's mm -hmm. arms and then you grab. Yeah, it's a grapple. Yeah. Star Trek can yeah. only do fight choreography if it's two robots fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, it's excellent. Yeah. Well, these two robots fought, and yeah. uh, all they needed to do was give them a little set and transport him back because it was a rescue mission, baby. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <sighs> and then we just get away? How did that, like, so that's what I was confused about. This is the well, second time in this episode where we've confronted the Borg and we've just been like, bye? Because it happened in the top of the episode, too. After after we get the number one line from Locutus, mm -hmm. the, after the title sequence, we're just in space. Actually, the Borg ran away. 
Yes. They went to so, Earth, is where they're going? They were going mm-hmm. to Earth, because we've established this before. Essentially, the Borg don't care about their drones. Like, that's why you can walk freely among the ship and stuff like that, and they don't really care. Two, uh, this is one of the Star Trek beam away saves where they were the three of them were on the shuttle leaving, and we see the shuttle exploding. But just at the last minute, up oh, we got them, and they beam into the. I love that. Uh, that's a, a phrase, a beam away save. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. That's like a classic track. Gods too. in the transporter. Yeah, yeah, Deus yeah. Ex O'Brien. Right, <laughs> and my, that's one of my my uh, things where I was shouting. I was like, "Why did you beam him into the transporter room? Go to med bay. Put him in a force field. That is a Borg." <laughs> Very good point. Very good. Point. Yeah. And we get a real cocky smirk from Riker before the ad break moment, and mm. it's like, "Dude, yeah, you rescued him, but you last you saw him, that's not your friend anymore." So yeah. um, I thought that was an interesting, not the choice I would have made as the actor to like, yeah. We got him now. I got my friend back. <laughs> no, you got a Borg. I'm sure as yeah. the director told him to give him that smirk too because the whole that whole act from commercial to commercial was like deception to the, the audience yeah. until they finally caught up to it. Yeah. But, and this was, uh, is Riker going to send an away team and rescue uh, Picard from the fan theories? Bing. Check that one off. Do you have a list well of these? Well done. Just... I do. These, this was over the summer, uh, and so I have it written in crayon. Uh, <laughs> on they my also arm. were beamed into his head before he wrote it in crayon uh, because yeah. he has a nonverbal communication with all Star Trek fans. Yes. Uh, very similar to the Borg, but less Resistance is futile. I also... Uh, <laughs> never mind. Actually, equally. Equally so. I also forgot about the action sequence in this, which was during the like engagement with the, the battle section of the Enterprise and the Borg, like Riker was shouting out commands. He's like, "Do Riker maneuver Alpha?" And Crusher yeah. was like confirming it. And like it turns out, Ry- Riker maneuver Alpha is just bank left. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Or I'm Dodge. like, "Did you program all of these in, or does Wesley is he just such a fanboy that he knows all of the Riker maneuvers? <laughs> all file <laughs> that's names. That's why have to he brought my him. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just went in, deleted Picard, and wrote in Riker. And was like, "This is what Guinan meant. She wanted this." Uh, so we we got him now, right? And he puts in like Riker maneuver C, and it's like just swivels all the chairs around. Ooh, oh yeah. shoot! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wrong Riker maneuver. All right, so the Enterprise is going to run after the Borg that went running for Sector Zero Zero One, obviously Earth, Earth, because we're the center of the universe. So yeah. of course we need our Sector One, yeah. <laughs> not our Sun. No, us. no, no. Maybe they're the same sector. I don't know. It is. Anyway. Jupiter's yeah. included. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I think it's well, the Milky Way. It's our sun, yeah. All right. So that's, yeah, that's fine. Um, so Picard's not Picard, we find out, because we go to Medical Bay and try and poke around, pull out his, his Borg parts. We can't do it. Successfully. Yeah, but we figure that we, there might be other options, right? We're going to mm. try and figure out, like, is he still in there? And that's very unclear. But he does mm-hmm. pop up and start talking to us, doing, like, a, an ab sit-up and just kind of stationary there. And crunch. Yeah. Promises not to harm, though. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah, that was a really good crunch. Yeah, I'm just going to be I'm just gonna be a voice for the Borg here and just let you know how futile your position is repeatedly. Mm. Yeah. May I walk <laughs> around and try and sell my multi-level Borg marketing scheme to yeah, yeah. all of the people on the ship? Okay, I'll do that. Hey, Worf, you know about Klingons? <laughs> They'd be like so much happier if they were bored, though, right? <laughs> Look how many attachments anyway. I have. You too can have them. <laughs> do you see this little spinny antenna? <laughs> 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 they can only take about 10 minutes of that before they sedate them. And yeah, they drag like, that's enough the of that. lab. And we get this cool moment with Data where uh, Data's uh, talking to Riker over the intercom about that he's planning to interface with Picard and see what he can use with his positronic net and he turns mm. and we reveal that his uh, head is open and we can see his computational faces. And I don't think we've seen him walking around or moving that's always been like he's a stationary, been stationary shot or something. Yeah. yeah. But boy I wish that I could see just more of Patrick Stewart you know uh, the uniform you kind of get to see sort of the outline but I just want to see a little pinky poo about what's underneath Don't say there. pinky poo. <laughs> I just he's so pale right now. Will it really is that the fantasy you want? Don't you want him when he's bronzed and not in Risa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know some days you want look cute. Yeah, that's true. Maybe days. you're in a winter mood. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Let me just say for me, Patrick Stewart is at his sexiest when he's quoting Shakespeare. Yes. Done and done. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. I mean, I, okay. I felt 
I felt his lack of presence in this episode definitely and when we finally got him back in the end when he starts speaking again right I felt this really spoke to his range though because he really were two different characters it's really smart they chose that the Borg should have this synth echo of other Borg voices even when it's the actor's own voice in a singular um, mode right that's so smart because it would just sound Mm -hmm. like Patrick Stewart doing a voice, but now they've yeah. got this whole modification that gives him a robotic sound because Data sounds like a human, really. Right, when it right. comes down to a vocal oh, pattern, right? Oh, he would right? be so happy to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> really sweet. Yeah. Great compliment. Uh, so nice. That's good. Finally. So they're plugged in. Yeah, they're plugged in. It's Game Boys are attached, right? But yeah. this scene is hard to do because it's just like Data saying fascinating, right? Like what's right. the dynamics of this is a tough thing for an actor. I'll tell you what's fascinating. The subcommands necessary for all functions are separated into three components. You've got the board Boom. defense, communication, and navigation. Yep. Really exciting scene. Defense, communication, navigation. No, but it was good nonverbal acting between two phenomenal actors. Who were playing robots or drones. Who were playing like, robots. <laughs> yeah. Who are good at non, fighting. Non-humans. <laughs> right. Yeah, who want to be human. So many this is a real horror movie moment, and you know it because of the music cue. Because as soon as they start to figure out and get into the Borg computer system... Wi-Fi system, whatever, the The network, the cloud network. Then Picard wakes up and his claw hand starts to spin out of control and try and get him out of his restraints because now they know. They're on to him. (laughs) Tensions heighten. And this is another reminder that Data is super strong and once got caught in a finger trap. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never let him live that down. No, never. (laughs) Deus Ex uh, Data Super Strength. I data mean, come ex on. Machina. Yeah, Data <laughs> Ex Machina Super Strength. Because well, Picard's base is still a puny human. I mean, work <laughs> right. strength is not in their individual strength for sure. So what was he even trying? Picard knew that, but doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but they added like a neutral bullet to this arm. Did you see <laughs> yeah. that? It's so intimidating. A neutral bullet. I really like that they're like, hold on, I see increased neural activity as they're like in a physical combat. I wonder why, (laughs) Jordy. But it it actually turns out that um, Troy's got the right answer. The reason there's more neural activity is not because he's now moving and awake instead of sedated. It's because... Picard is waking up inside but doesn't know how to show it. Mm-hmm. She feels He's trapped. We utilize all the character's strengths in getting the captain back, and I think that was really great. <laughs> and Troy's is just, they're feeling something. That's yeah, important. we got that line. It's not a real episode if Troy doesn't say that. It's not <laughs> yeah. Well, Crusher also provides a nice moment here when... Let's see. So, like, Picard grabs uh, or, like, reaches out. Data grabs him by the wrist or whatever or by the neutral bullet. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) we notice uh, at the same time that the Borg ship isn't heading towards Earth anymore or it stops or something. And that's when Crusher, like, snaps her fingers. And it's like, that's the same thing is they're interconnected, but they're also interdependent. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's their weakness. Right. And then we have our light bulb moment of like, oh, so could we manipulate that from this end as opposed to vice versa? Get in there. Get in there. Sorry. That's the wording. Yeah. Yeah. This is new plan number one. (laughs) Yeah. But they try. Data tries. uh, And this is Riker's plan. Great plan. uh, Which is just say like, you know. don't put down your weapon systems turn down your defenses and doesn't work they've got more encryption there that had the same energy as someone in D&D telling like the wizard okay in the message just tell them put all their weapons down and surrender and the wizard being like that's first of all that's not how message works (laughs) so true I get one word guys yeah Wait, you get one word with message? No, but command. You no, get one like word. command, yeah. Oh, yeah. command. Yes, thank you. Well, he said keep it simple, you know, uh, disarm your defenses. Anyway, um, Shelby mm-hmm. says power them down. Yeah. That move doesn't work. And then Picard's really sleepy. I don't know why. Yeah. 
I thought this was a great moment of, because he does the thing of like, sleep, data, sleep, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, of, and Crusher, the human, is like, oh, he must be so tired, so fatigued. And then Data, the android, is like, there's something else there. And I was like, what a good thing for the non-human to catch the other meaning, because he doesn't have to deal he with sleep. He was so patient about it, too. Like, he was so polite. He's like, yeah. if I may offer a supposition. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's not that was some stupid patience right there yes, because I, uh the new new plan had been enacted, which is hey Wesley, you know what? So I guess we can't break in, uh hack the mainframe. So just, just crash ahead. right into the ship. Sir? Yeah, no crash. Hey, let's get warp speed ready. Cause if we're gonna crash into them, let's do it at warp speed, right? Okay, the new new plan. Wreckers captain, go. Yeah, you hear that kid? You ready to die oh. today? You're gonna be the one to hit the button. I totally yeah. agree, Becca. they they should have been rushing. I was thinking that too. It's like data, talk faster. We are about yeah, yeah, to yeah. crash into the ship. Yeah, when 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 he made when he made poor Wesley that the trigger man for this move. Holy moly, guacamole! And poor Crusher's face when he's just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just hope that that communication wasn't open down to the med bay where Doctor Crusher heard that. I mean, that's also like just traumatizing. Just thinking that you when you survive it, it's almost like a mock mock execution. Yeah. It's like a self execution. It's crazy because he even says right. the words and get a uh, data to bridge. It's like whoa, <laughs> whoa. But you know what? We that is what the Kobayashi Maru is that yeah. test that all academy kids have to go through yeah. of like the no win situation. What do you yeah. do? Do you hit the button? I suppose. What do you do? He he has to hit the button. He has to. He has to hit the button, but he doesn't because we get a a half an (laughs) ing. Wait, but what do you do in a Kobayashi Maru? Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. I don't believe in scenarios. You just refuse to believe that it's actually (laughs) happening. And then a torpedo destroys your ship. (laughs) Yeah. Or you cheat and reprogram the holodeck. There you go. Always works. All right. Um... Well, uh, they do end up putting all those Borgs to sweet, sweet Betty by because you know what? Powering down, big move requires multiple Borg approval or something. Uh, but a little move is it's time for nap time. Mm-hmm. And it's time for nap time is something they can get across to the whole system. So there you go. Let's get an away team over there to snoop and watch some sleepy Borg. This is another one where I just yelled into my notes and I'm like, you don't know how long they're asleep for. Get out of there. Blow them up. What are you doing? Let's send an away team. No. (laughs) We're out here to explore. That's true. And and they did make a fair point where uh, I believe it was Data made the point of like there would be an advantage to searching their ship and like figuring out what's going on on their side of things. But you're right. There's like, who knows how long this command lasts for? Is sleep a two-minute cycle? Is it a two-day cycle? Right. I think it's from the trauma of watching Voyager. You just get the <laughs> Borg. <laughs> yeah, but uh, along with the advice to stay and search the ship, they also say, well, we don't know if we blow up their whole ship if it's going to hurt Picard, yes, who we fair. know is kind of yeah. still in there. Mm-hmm. And then they are like, yeah, no, we're not going to wait. Just explode it all. Yeah, Just yeah, explode yeah. it all. We'll try and figure it out after that. Uh, hope we don't blow your brain up into bits, Picard. But they didn't. So that was nice. They did. Yeah. And Picard's mm-hmm. back and we get Patrick Stewart. No more Mankini, though. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mankini. Oh, well, you get a big moment a li- of yeah. when he steps out of his up, standy up bed. It's um, one of the regeneration... He- Tubes. <laughs> this is when you get the full Tarzan Borg look. It's though. the one-legged. Uh, I love that this thing. is constituting a big moment in this episode for you too. This is great. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my eyes yeah. went there as well. I, mean, I was the looking. Most naked I was like, episode. That leg line. Okay. Yeah. Great. Interesting that the Borg make that uh, priority to mm. maintain modesty. I think. I think sure, they sure. left that on him because they took off all his other stuff. Well, I think the FCC left. Yes, on that's them. true. Fair point. Fair point. Interesting. Patrick Stewart was down for a full nudie, but the world wasn't ready. <laughs> I just thought of his character in extras. Yeah, that's all where I could he plays think of. himself, but I've like he's everything. a super pervert. Yeah. <laughs> and then they and then how about you take everything off of me? Everything. No? All right. Well, I'm available. Yeah. I've been waxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get some of that amazing performance with when we notice that, man, it's so great to have him back because even the, the yes. scene we have him in where he compliments Picard or where he compliments Riker while he's still in Lacuna's makeup. 
still felt pretty yeah. real. The uh, yeah. we return uh, at the final part of this back in the ready room, and Picard has bandages on his face, and they're figuring out how to rebuild the fleet. He says goodbye to Shelby, yes. who's going to be head of uh, the task force or whatever, or Starfleet Command, I guess. Rebuild everything that was right, blown right, up. Right. And uh, we're technically back to normal, but man, we know things aren't back to normal. The number one thing that's not back to normal, Shelby's now infected with some sort of brain virus because she's a total 180 into this <laughs> docile little lady that's uh, subservient to Riker and just gives them nice compliments. Doesn't make any sense. It, it, so there were that's like... the next episode. Great little moments of her referring to Riker as the captain and, and giving the glances as if like they had like they had gone through a traumatic experience together. But no, I do see what yeah, you're saying. They did that scene needed to be buttoned up pretty quickly, so they wanted to be like, "All right, no more animosity. Let's get out." I guess. Okay, but you lose the fun mm -hmm. snark of like, I still think I'd make a great <laughs> captain here. True. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, also, there was a moment that we glossed over because we were looking at the mankini too much, um, mm. which is Picard remembers absolutely everything he yeah, went through. Yeah. He, he feels almost human, but in his glossy gaze <laughs> out into space, there's something a little too still about him. And this turns into like a defining character moment of Picard from here on out. Uh, something that's referenced for the rest of the series and beyond. Yeah. That one time I was a yeah. Borg. Yeah, Borg. It well, you know, when that. I was a Borg, we know. I know. Jeez, As a person who, Luke. who studied abroad in school, it's like the person <laughs> who came back from studying abroad. <laughs> I know. You know Japanese, <laughs> yeah. Xander. Yeah, still repeating those four <laughs> phrases all the time. No. Arigatou gozaimasu. Doitashimashite. Well, that was the season premiere of season four. Hey, pretty oh, good. Hey, pretty good. Ooh. Wow. I'd say we're solidly into Star Trek The Next Generation right now. Yeah. When people look fondly back on, I think we're right in the thick of the, the good stuff. Yeah, I'm very excited about this season. I don't remember which episodes are in this season. Mm. I'm kind of going as we or watching as we go, obviously. But I remember this is the middle. This is the chunk where it gets really great. And I'm excited to see a lot mm. of the explorations we go on. And to the people who jumped in just with this episode, as we sure. know, there are many. Mm -hmm. uh, this I've is a podcast. I've never seen the whole <laughs> series from start to finish before. Only random episodes, so I know nothing. You know a lot of things now. You're calling out Technobabble corrections. You know a lot of things. One to one, baby. Yeah. Uh, we are going to head into next week with the second episode of the fourth season, Family. Oh, oh, I just read this description and I remember this episode. Holy cow. This is a heavy one. While the Enterprise is oh. undergoing repairs at Earth, Captain Picard visits his brother's family in France. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the crew visits family Sacre as vie. well. There's a lot of uh, family reunions in this next episode, hence the name mm. family. I just want Data to get back with his daughter. But that's oh, not going to work. Yeah. No. Yeah, she's Well, that's what your fan fiction is yeah. for. Yeah, I can't You're check that box yeah. off. Oh, you've been reading? <laughs> I, read, I read the blogs. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Find me on Tumblr. Um, I guess we should head on to next week. Let's do it. Engage! Engage.